If you are an estate agent, letting agent, or someone who's interested in the UK property market, then the UK property market stat show is for you. My name is Chris Watkin, and today I'm joined by Christian Stott, who I will introduce in a second. And we're here to talk about what's happening in the UK property market. As Fat Boy Slim says, right here, right now. Most uh, property stats are focused on the back end of the exhaust, which talks about um, properties completing, the land registry data talks about sales that completed three months ago. But if you think about it, those are months and months out of date. We're looking at the top end of the funnel. We're looking at sales. We're looking at even more than that. We're looking at listings. It's important to know how many houses are coming on the market because they can have a judgment of what's happening to supply of property, which is a big factor when it comes to house prices. We can look at actually what houses are selling, what price range they're selling in, what agents are doing with price reductions and then getting them away. And then the fall throughs as well, which again are an important indication of the health of the property market. We're here to do week 17, which is week commencing Monday the 24th of April and finishing on Sunday the 30th. Today, I'm joined by Christian Stott, who is known in the trade as Stotty um, and other great names. He uh, used to run a fantastic, fantastic estate agency in the West Midlands, around, based around the Worcester Seven Valley area. Um, and now he works for a firm called I Am Sold, being their head chief of bringing new business in. Thanks for joining me today, Christian. Hello, Chris. Good to see you. Fantastic. Give me a bit. Come on, I've, I've bowled you up. What do you mean a bit? That was good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I thought it was good. Okay. Right, should we, should we cut the crap and get straight into the point and have a look at we are with the stats? And we just, because that's what people are here for. They're not here to hear our banter. So we kick off with the new instructions. And well, the first thing that we should always do is that we are comparing week 17 of 2023 and comparing it with the same seven, week 17 going back to 2017. You just jump in and I will compare and, pardon me, compare, compare and contrast with my other stats. So far away, what have you got to say on this one? Not much. Um not much. That 37217 is an interesting number. The one thing I did notice is the big stuff's arrived. Um, if I've looked week on week from the beginning of the year, started off at about 900 over a million. We're now at uh, 2150 over a million. Big jump of about 700 uh, new instructions in the past two weeks. Um, so evidently the gardens are looking good. Um, so what are, you're saying there is is that there's more million pound plus properties coming on the market. You, it's pretty you, dramatic. Yeah, I can't do the maths quickly enough, but we went from fifteen thirty in week fifteen to twenty seventy eight week sixteen twenty one fifty week seventeen. Um, another really interesting stat I picked out of that, just looking at it, is one point six four five percent belongs to EXP, um, which I thought was interesting news. What, that the EXP are getting in the in the million pound mark. I mean, let's be honest. Well, that's million up as well. That's going right up to the big, big stuff. Okay. I mean, the interesting thing is this, is that a million pounds in inner London gets you a flat, whilst as, as parochial sort of people in the parishes and the provinces, it will get you a mansion and probably half a village. Uh, and cherry blossom to boot, yes. There you go. That's the wonderful things of living in villages. But unfortunately, you don't have such luxuries on your doorstep like Nando's and other posh places, which, again, I know you might think is strange, but coming from Grantham, Nando's is considered luxury and cutting edge. Yes, I mean, the, the number of listings this week, 37,217. I mean, last week we were at 36. The week before we had the two Easter weeks, which was 32 and 27. But the weeks before that, we were looking at an average of a, hovering around um, 34, 34, 1. So we're, we're back up. And if you're saying that there's more million pound properties coming on the market, that's interesting that more of them are probably the, high, the higher price properties. Well, again, interestingly, if we go to the next screen, the average price of a property coming on the market this week is 446. Where was it last week? I did see that. Where was it last week? Uh, 16, 450, is that right? Yeah, 450. So it's gone down. Okay, but then the running average for the year since Jan 1st is 425. So, we, you know, that, that number has been remaining pretty steady, apart from yeah. a couple of weeks 
third week in December, in January, has been removing. So again, there seems to be a settlement of somewhere in the order of 420 to 430, 440, in terms of the average asking price of a property coming on the market. Why is that important? Because we're going to look at what properties are actually, what properties are selling for, and there is a little bit of a gap. Okay, the accumulative listings year to date. So the the the, the clock was started on the 1st of January of each year. And as you can quite clearly see that there is no problems here with stock, is there? No. No, and I think what's also interesting is this comes after the industry's colonic, um, where it really did sell, you know, selling over 100% of listing um, in certain agencies was quite a phenomenal statistic coming through COVID and into the, the second year of that. So I think now it's an interesting start that those numbers are climbing. I think it's good. Good stuff. Now, um, one of people's most favourite graphs is plotting where the listings are uh, on a on a week by week basis, starting from the start of the year. Now, the pink is twenty twenty three. We're comparing it with seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. If we did twenty, then the numbers would have fell off the earth because we unfortunately had the COVID. And twenty one and twenty two were truly exceptional years, and really clearly can't compare. If we compare ourselves to twenty and twenty one, twenty one and twenty two, then then I don't think it's a good comparison. But I think seventeen, eighteen, nineteen is a good comparisons. Yeah, and- we've got a movable feast in there, setting a very pretty graph, but I don't know if it means a great deal in data. You know, Easter's just bounced. Um, be interesting to see this graph in a month's time. Yes, all of those bounces that you can see are when Easter took place. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know what the blue, that bounce is, but that that was 18's uh, Easter bounce. That was 17's bounce. And then the, the orange one was 19. But it just shows you that listings have bounced. Now, again, boys and girls, the listings is very important because we have too many of them. Then, then demand and supply will kick in and prices could, could, could continue to fall. And prices are... Uh, beginning to you know they are the prices that are being achieved today are not what was being achieved a year ago so by definition property prices have for learn um or you what phrase do you like to use when it comes to price reductions price realignment um <laughs> i i think uh the internal vernacular has always been price reduction call it what it is i think in terms of external vernacular price adjustment is probably uh uh, a, a better conversation to be having with vendors. Good stuff. Right. Okay. Well, let, let's move on. Um, number of price changes. So again, this is showing agents changing their stock. So we, <laughs> this week we had twenty thousand three hundred and twenty nine uh, price reductions. The average since the start of the year has been seventeen thousand six hundred and forty three, which is working on very roughly about eight percent of the residential stock per month is being yep. reduced. You think 8% is enough? I think you can see a big number there, you know, if you look at those years. Um, and I think that big number sort of calls out around expectation. Um, there's probably a bit of a knife fight going on in terms of getting instructions um, and then not actually delivering them. Um, price reductions, it might mean that second agents are getting some really good opportunities coming from first agents going in a bit too hard. Um, you know, it is a big number that you've got there compared to all of the previous years, irrespective of the COVID uh, market sort of bouncing around. Um, it's a big number. But but it's been a big number since the start of the year. Mm. You know, it, it, an average of 17,600. It just shows. Yeah. Like but I said, it, you know, it's, it's expectation, isn't it? I think, um, you, you know, maybe it's a sign of hostages appearing in the market where people's expectation on their selling price is too much bigger than... Reality, potentially. The average price of a property being reduced is £411,000. Let's just remind ourselves, the average asking price of a property coming onto the market was 446 and the average price of a property being reduced is 411890 So that just shows that there's a greater propensity of the 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 more lower price properties are being reduced than upper price properties. Some thoughts on that? Again, um, that's the knife fight, isn't it? The middle ground. That's where agents are trying to get those instructions. Um, 
maybe it's uh, visibility of, uh, as I said, uh, misaligned expectation. Uh, maybe it's just too hard to get the job and uh, it's it's that or put your fees down or in certain circumstances do both. It would be interesting to, to, to have a look at whether the upper price properties and their price restrictions are being moved or not. We must, must have a look at that. Yeah, right. I didn't have a look earlier. Okay, then, good stuff. So number of uh, properties sold to the contract. Now, that doesn't look particularly sexy compared to... 21 and 22 but we said boys and girls that these are not like 21 and 22 but then- no, if you look 17 through 19 it's uh it's a sort of more uh real number probably i mean i think the magic thing here is this is that the average number of properties sold per month it since january the first has been twenty one thousand six hundred and fifty four. okay this is the best sales month week since August last year. Okay. Okay. Bye. But then you're going to turn around and say, you know, that those of the those people who are the, how can I say, the um the, the doomongers of, mm-hmm. of our industry. And I shall rem- no names shall shall be mentioned, but the doomongers are about us. Um, let me pull up a graph because I, th- I can see it's actually missing from the stats this week. But um, let me just 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 fill in a second whilst I just go and fill it, mate. Hold on. Here we go. Fill in. Fill in. Just fill in. What about Doommongers? Well, I think it's all. It seems at the moment there's an element of what drives content and engagement um, is important, uh, whether it's relevant or not. Um, I, I do think that in terms of Doommongery, and again, we're not naming names, but a certain uh, individual has said, you know, things will change, but it's not as bad as everybody's saying. And I think there's there's data that says it's not as bad as everybody was saying. Um, you know, I think the market has proven itself to be stronger than people almost wanted it to be, uh, which is nice to see. Okay, so we've now got the the, sli- the magic slide. Um the number of gross weekly sales. And that's telling us a lovely story there, isn't it? 22. Quickly. So you can should see the graph, yeah? Yeah, 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 I got that, yeah. Okay, so I'll just zoom in a bit. There we go. So, oh, yeah. oh sorry, hold on. Hold on a second, guys. Two seconds. Anyone think we're there? We go. That's it. There she is. There we go. You can see that, yeah. Yeah. So the pink line is sales agreed. Nineteen is sales agreed in nineteen, eighteen, and seventeen. You can see that we had the the the, the Easter dip, and she's come back and she's flying. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, and in fact, that looks good, doesn't it? It does. And what you got to remember is this: if we're in twenty-two, it would be up. It would only be up here. Yeah, twenty-two was considered. By the, at this time of the year, something you know, a bit special, wasn't it? I, I, well, they were interesting times, were they not? Um, you know, the, it was a very different market the, to the point where um, agents were more concerned with being overwhelmed with workload and not being able to actually deliver their product because they were just so crazy, crazy busy. I mean, it was an incredible time for agents. Um, and the fact that it's different now, but not dramatically different, is pretty comforting good stuff right let's move on the average price of a property being sold at the moment is 363 now the average the average of a pro- average property being sold throughout the whole of the year has been 353 and it has remained very tight mm. so what we've almost got is probably a, a, a somewhere anywhere between and i'll just give an average is this this is this this will be of particular interest to the data geeks is this here we go there is a 20.4 difference between the average price of a property, the average price of the properties coming on the market and the average prices of the properties selling. That doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that these properties are 20% overvalued. What it means is this is that the higher price properties have a lower propensity to sell. So if you're, if you're in, you know, if you're selling the stuff over a million quid, 
you probably got a propensity to sell of somewhere in the order of about four or five out of four or five out of properties over a million quid will sell and complete whilst anything below 200,000 will have probably a 75% chance of actually getting a sale agreed. And that's why okay. that, different, that difference comes from. Sounds fair. Sounds fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, so um, number of accumulative sales to date, three, six, eight. Now, um, again, uh, in terms of where we stand on that, uh, in terms of net sales, I think net sales are probably the more important and because that's gross sales, less fall throughs that week. OK, yeah. Um, just looking at 20, I'm assuming the week we're in now is pretty close to when we fell off the cliff. Uh, I'm not so good at dates like that. I judge we, everything by we where I went skiing, cliff. if I'm we honest. Fell off the, proverbially fell off the cliff three and a half weeks before. OK, in three and a half weeks before. OK, so that explains that then. Yeah. Okay, so we are nine. So again, this is the this is the magic thing. Is this we, we're, if you go back to um, February, the number of net sales in twenty three as a as a as an average of compared to seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen were about mid eighties. Okay, so because in twenty twenty three, if you look at the stats, for some reason we had a really slow start. We had a shed load of fall throughs a lot of fall throughs over christmas into january which screwed up the numbers and the yeah. sales the sales were a week week to 10 days slower coming through so that really held people back but what's been happening is this look at that 94.1% of now in easter week that dropped back but we've caught back up because everyone else in 17 18 and 19 having their easter weeks so I've got a sneaky feeling that probably, unless something silly happens in the world, we might be up to 100% at the rate we're going, probably uh, by June or July time. Yeah, and I think December 21, 17th of December 21, give or take, interest rates started to climb. Uh, got to 1.25 by, what, August 22. Then it really started hiking up. Some interesting figures there. Indeed, indeed. Right, uh, let's look at gross sales as a percentage of listings. Um, this again is a couple of slides more for the data geeks amongst you. Even I find these hard work, but these are the these are the stuff that has been been requested. Um, and again, seventy six percent is the average for the whole last seven years, not just week seventeen. Again, just shout out if there's anything. If not, we just pass. I'll just keep. Well, what I would say is, where's this? Where's this buyer's market that, that we were talking about? This, this, you know, cyclone of a buyer's market. I, I think looking at those numbers, they're pretty solid, really, aren't they? If you take out twenty one twenty two, I don't know what that does to adjust the average, but it's got to be pretty tight. Okay, but what you've got to remember is this: back in twenty one, uh, agents were putting on the market on on average. So let's just let's just have a quick look now. I'm looking at I'm now looking at April May. Okay, the average number mm. of properties coming on the market in uh, March, April, and May were let's just have a quick look: thirty three thousand eight hundred, and the number of properties selling was thirty three thousand nine hundred. So there's your hundred percent ratio that you very smartly commented about. Is it a buyer's market? Well, there is a little bit of a buyer's market because simply on average, 31,000 properties are coming on the market each week since Jan, but only 21,000 have been selling. So back to the classic six, around two in three houses actually selling. So Yes, but I think what we were expecting was post-apocalyptic yes, we scenes were. Yeah. and that so, doesn't appear to be the case does it yeah i you know if you look i would say you know for every house that comes on the market for every hundred houses that comes on the market on average two-thirds should sell that's a normal market a hundred percent was a silly market and if we have post-apocalyptic then then it will probably one in ten or two in ten were selling i must actually work that one out i do have the stats for that but as we're live now i won't be able to find that Okay, let's get back to the stat, Rooney's. Uh, fall throughs as a percentage of sales. Again, 2020, we were in we were in lockdown. Well, you, you can't say too much about that, can you? I mean, lockdown wasn't what we thought it would be, but equally, it was a very unusual period of time. 
I mean, in, very interestingly, um, the fall through rate of, of 20.26 is the lowest rate since April last year. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and, and the, av- the average, the average that we've have, have had it long term is 24.8. So we are, are, you know, yes, let's look at this. The number of south fall throughs, which I think we mentioned, let's just pull that up, was... 5,315, which is the second worst figure in, since Jan. But because of the number of sales being at 26, the percentage was the best percentage. So let's just take it all slightly with a pinch of salt. Yeah, agreed. Uh, okay. Um, just finally, price changes as a percentage of listings just shows the agents are working their stock really well. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, or... or, or. <laughs> or not bringing it to market at the best uh, price, I suppose. Who it knows? is interesting looking at 20 through 22, really dramatic change in, in figures there. Okay. Um, do you Can you see my screen with the magic, uh, what looks like a data fest of, of geekness? Can you yeah. see that looking, that's looking? Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So, again, all of these stats, boys and girls, are available to download on your um, – uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, there's a description and there's a link, a, a WeTransfer link, which allows you to download these stats for your own personal benefit. They are not to be used for posting yourself without my express permission. Um, as always, the, the stats have been um, come from the 20EA Insights platform, which any agent can have um, They uh, and do contact them. Uh, though it's a bit of a sales fest. They're not paying me to use it, but they do give access to this data. And in return, I mentioned where the stats come from. And you can get this data for your own town, postcodes, everything. And it is not actually a lot of money. But as I said, don't mention my name because I'm not on commission. Should be though, shouldn't I? <laughs> anyway, should we crack on? So remember, boys and girls, this is the magic thing. Green is good, red is bad. And as you can quite clearly see, the stats that we have been looking at, we're in week 17 here. Green is good. I mean, look at that. We're we're, we're, we're rocking and rolling on that, aren't we? Yeah, it's uh, pretty That's, much a clean sweep, isn't it? So those are, the, those are the stats that the graphs have produced. Let's move on and look at the regions. Okay, so let us kick off with East Midlands and East Anglia. And again, I'm not going to spend too much time on here. This You've got the ability to have a look, but green is good and red is bad. I mean, we're back. We are back. We're rock and rolling, aren't we? Yeah. Shall I just keep going? Shall we focus on inner London? Because we all know inner London people think the world stops at at, at the M25. And again, flying away quite nicely, isn't it? A normal market. Yeah. Anything you want? A little bit of pink in your fall through numbers, Chris. Okay. Um, As we're moving. Yeah, but look at the percentages, 19, 23. You know, these are not bad numbers compared to the average. No, agreed. Okay, which is 24. So, you know, not bad. Again, that's why it's important to look at the numbers, but be objective with, with how it compares. Right, Northwest, again, we're all flying here. Again, a few more cell fall-throughs, but the cell fall-through rate at 23, again, is not bad at all. Outer London, so again, inner London is all the core postcodes of SE, SW, uh, N, NW, E, and the two central WC and WEC postcodes. Okay. Outer London is anything on the outskirts, which uh, goes just beyond the M25, just on the outside. So it includes Watford and Croydon and a little bit there, and then the southeast, everything else. Uh, inner London seems to, outer London seems to be doing quite well. Let's go to Scotland. Scotland's always doing well, and they have a fantastic oh dear, sorry about that. And they have a low fall through rate. Uh, Southeast, which again is the a big engine of the UK property market, lots of greens in there, mate. Don't you think? Yeah, looking good. Uh, I've got to be honest with you, the fall through rate in Scotland's just jumped out and uh, slapped me across the face. Wow, yes, but remember, look at the average, you know, they're low numbers. That's what I'm saying. It, it's it's incredible. Just think, you know, for every uh, pound of labour, they get more ounces of money back, don't they? Well, that's what the Scots are. And, and I can say that because I am a quarter Scottish. Right. Okay. okay. Uh, Southwestern Wales, again, greens all the way. Again, notice that the sale fall throughs, again, all seem to be following the same trend. I find it fascinating that, that somewhere in Aberystwyth and somewhere in like Dewsbury, 
or, or Stroud. Everything is going in the same direction, even though each market is, is very different and, and insular, don't you think? I do. I guess um, a lot of the sentiment comes from the same place these days, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And again, Westminster and Yorkshire and Humber all the same. So again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of estate and netting agency land, you can download these using the link uh, to have a look. Okay. Um, these are the gross sales again of the areas. Again, I have screened up these. I'm not going to spend. I'm not going to waste your time going through these on the internet. But again, you just give a flavour of where your area is and compare your town and your performance against these that you can have a look. Shall we cut into the chase? Oh, well, we've done the cumulative stats to date. Again, all these figures are available using the graphs, which we have shown you already. So anything else before we move on and talk about our focus of the town, Christian? Right, it's time to go and have a look at a town. Uh, we always like in the show, we do the national stuff, we do the regional stuff, and then finally we go and focus on a town or a location. And today we're going to sunny Kingston-upon-Thames in the uh, province of London. Do you know it? Kingston-upon-Thames. I do. Lived there a long, long time ago. Very long time ago. Lovely part of the world, okay? Uh, especially north of the town, there's lots of, lots of little parallel roads. I think they're called the river roads or something like that. Beautiful Victorian terrace and semis. Oh, yeah, shed loads of money, mate. Shall we uh, Shall we dive in and go and have a look at the stats then, okay? Let's go and look. So we're using the 20EA platform, Insights platform, where all our stats come from. And these stats not only allow you, they can actually zero in on your town and have a look. Do not mention my name if this is the stats that you are particularly interested in. So we don't get paid or commission on this, but they just give me access to this platform in return I mention where they come from on this show and other social platforms that I use. Right then, so first off, we are we are looking at Kingston-upon-Thames and we're using the postcodes KT1 and KT2. We're going to start off with new instructions because that's what estate agents love. Yeah, is that would be a fair comment, wouldn't it? All right. Good stuff. Right, so this is... From, as you look in the top left-hand corner, the 1st of January 21 to the 2nd of May. The average price property is £910,000 in the last 12 months. Let us have a look and we're going to look at all the different agents and just see what's been happening with regard to their stock. So we'll go for Dexas. Remember 910, that's the average. 632, so they obviously deal with the lower to middle market Dexas. Their market share seems to be move, uh, hovering quite nicely around that 10% mark, doesn't it? Up and down. Uh, yeah. Shout out Gibson Lane. Again, they're around that 10% mark, hovering around. You never pronounce it. Slightly higher on the price point. Oh, yes. Well done. Yes. Well spotted there. 630. So Gibson's at 860. Kirkods. Just to, just go back up to Dexter's a minute, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, so it just seems to pulse a little bit in the sort of upwards of one million as you move to Gibson Lane. Yeah, so there's a big, big bump there, isn't there, where they're looking at that higher value stock. I wonder if Dexter's, and we don't know this, we haven't got the time to look at this, but this might be worth it. Do Dexter's focus on more the lower end, which is more your apartments, which are slightly more difficult to shift? We don't know that. There aren't so many... Especially at the moment with the... Uh... Building safety regs. Indeed. Kirkcods or Kirkcods, I can never pronounce it, 764. They seem to be going going upwards in a direction, which is quite nice to see. Featherstone Lee, okay, uh, 785. Foxons at 776. They're all over the place. Stackham Bonner, uh, 741. So obviously some of the, we must some of, we must have some posh agents. Oh, hey, I was hey. going to say, there's an agent missing from the mix, isn't it? Where's the one doing? Well, there you go. So they're doing just around a million at Hamptons. Good number. Okay. I mean, what you've got to remember is this, is if we actually, I mean, should we just have a quick look at this and see who the million pounders are in this? Because there's got to be some numbers in here that are screwing these numbers up. Yeah. Let's just have a quick look. Here we go. Well, Coombe Residential looks super high end, don't they? Okay. So here we go. So Gibson Lane, there you go, Featherstone Lee, Dexter's, Carrington's, Foxton's, Camptons. So again, you know, these are the sort of numbers. Look, yeah, okay, that's fair goes. Shall we, uh, let's move back um, to 
the, the, the number of properties coming on the market. And you can quite clearly see that there are more properties coming on the market in this year, which is the red number compared to the blue number. Just have a quick look at the sale agreeds. And, oh, man, this is interesting. Oh, hello. Gibson Lane, more than... Now, hold on a sec. Who was number Someone's one? missing from our list. Dexter's. Now, Dexter's do not mark their properties sold with a contract. Right. Which is a yeah, business yeah, decision. They keep it on the right move. If if the if the sale agree, if the vendor doesn't want to stop sales, then they'll then basically they the viewing doesn't take place. Uh, but if the viewers doesn't want the viewing to take place, then it, then they go around the property. Uh, what's your opinion on keeping a property available, even if it's not sold? I mean, as long as you tell sorry, them, keeping it available if it's not sold. Well, keeping it on right move, but if someone rings up saying, unfortunately, you've set the property sold um and uh no more viewings what's what's your thoughts oh do you know uh, it's not sold till it's exchanged true and i think that irrespective of of, of how agents present the market property savvy buyers know that yes i think um as long as, they're telling, as long as they're telling people that the property is sold at the contract but we can take your number in case it it certainly does drive an awful lot of people into your database. Sorry, well, there is this this take your number thing. I think um, uh, I think sometimes it's agent advice, sometimes it's vendor instruction. Uh, you know, if you if you look at the legality, you've got a forward office in writing. Um, you know, so realistically speaking, um, a, an agent is still selling the property until it's exchanged. Okay. Well, I, I think each property is different. Each vendor and buyer is different. So really, at the end of the day, I think as long as they're being upfront, and I, I have spoken to Dexas in, in the past, I've not tested this, but I was given assurances, watertight assurances that takes place, then then it's, it, it obviously works for them. Right, let's have a look. Well, yeah, also, Chris, you've got to remember there are uh, there are other methods of sale, not just private treaty, and therefore if this security from sale agreed to completion is what is sought by either buyer or vendor, then private treaty may not be the best method of sale for them to well, opt got, for. You've got, I mean, you you work for I Am Sold, and I don't want to turn this into an advertorial, but you do the modern method of uh, auction, which where basically, well, just uh, just spend 30 seconds on that. But as I said, don't turn this too much into a, into a sales fest. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it's better broken down from uh, uh, conditional and unconditional auction selling, unconditional being... What's nicknamed traditional auction. If your hand's in the air at the end of the run, you bought it um, and you exchange contracts there and then. Modern method just moves that point down the line a little bit to open that marketplace up. I think for me, it's the three Ps, which is price, people, and property. Price being private treaty, get the highest number. People being circumstances, there are a reason why is this a non-discretionary sale. And then property being tree growing out the roof and no flushing toilet. It's you know not mortgageable, it's got to go for cash. And I think those circumstances are what really define the, the the choice, both buyers and sellers. You know, buyers looking for security, they don't want to get uh, gazumped. They go for something more secure. You've got reservation agreements. It doesn't have to be under auction conditions. Reservation agreements are another way of doing it. Um, but, you know, I think gazumping um, and gazundering are, are factors of our market defined by the legal process Um I think it's all. It's, I mean, it's totally awful that it takes nineteen weeks on average to get a sale through. When in reality, I was just looking at. Are we saying like one hundred and thirty days, something like that? It's almost like, yeah, we're 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 looking the wrong way down the telescope when we try and fix the problems in the industry. Um, that actually, that transactional flow, cash flow for agents, and also if you look at our fall through rates, there must be factors of people just having had enough or the the the, the process being too stressful um you know it just takes too long and it shouldn't take that long it, it shouldn't i mean i can remember chasing sales and my gorgeous wife used to work for an estate agents and she used to do sales chasing and you know if it got to 10 or 12 weeks you considered that that was just oh it's been hanging around a lot now 10 or 12 weeks is considered speedy sungarless that something needs to change on that one right. well things i mean you've got a b and c on material information chris and i think upfront material information should reduce fall throughs um, and I think you've got some um, incredible changes in the way we see data and the way data interacts with our businesses, which hopefully will make uh, larger portions of that transaction data driven and not telephone driven. So hopefully 
those factors will allow us to convey quicker. Indeed. I've just, whilst you were talking, I was just going through the different graphs and it's interesting the amount of stock each agent had. But again, it's all very good having the stock. It's whether you actually sell them or not. And that actually brings me through to my favourite screen, which is the Omni Competitive Landscape Platform. Okay. So this is the last 12 months. And we have in this area of the, of the graph here, interestingly, just before we kick off, 3.23% of properties that are on KT1 and KT2 are online agents compared to the national average of 5.83. Yeah. And this little graph here, it just shows you the average listing price of the number of properties that you have. And we'll just have a quick look at uh, where things are. So obviously it looks like um, Dexter's are moving. So Dexter's have grown by 11.45. Gibson Lane by 5.6. It looks like Carrington's and Hampton's have dropped in terms of is that growth listings growth is it chris or is it exchanged that's listings growth i believe listings. yeah because i because i put on the new instruction clicked on the new instruction one that's what i believe it is so these yeah. are the number of new instructions in the last year uh 1611 in uh, in total and that's the market share again we said that dexters don't mark their property sold at the contract so i think we almost need to take a pinch of salt with these with these numbers because they don't sell it but the, you know damn well, this is my favorite screen in all this, is when a property comes on the market, forget about whether you sell it or uh, whether it gets said agreed, is this. Does it actually exchange and complete or does it leave the agent's books? And this is the magic here is this, okay? The simple mm -hmm. fact is this, is that Dexter's, for, you know, 34, for every 100 houses that Dexter's put onto the market, they will exchange and complete on 34 and 60 yeah. will, will leave their books. For, for every 75 proper, every 100 properties that Gibson Lane put on the market, they put 75. Now, again, I've you know me, I love my graphs. So I've actually made a little graph on this. So this, okay. okay. So you should be able to see this graph now. Can you see that? Okay. So left to right, I've got, so on the left-hand side, we've got Dexter's mm -hmm. on the left because they've got the most number of listings all the way through to Purple Bricks, who were number 15 for listings. Snellers, I had no data for that. So I put that in, I put them in because they're on listings, but I couldn't find any exchange data. That's not to say that they don't, but again, just I mean, just need to be make you aware of that. But there are some quite stark figures in there, isn't there? Thoughts. Some multi-agreements in there, isn't there, Chris? Um so one agent of a number of the original agents is selling the property, isn't it? So in, are you basically, so basically the likes, who, the, the agents who have the lower numbers are probably going on multi-agency, but the other agent is actually getting them away. That's what it would appear to me. And, 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 I, and I'm bringing into that the fact that um, looking at some of those almost household names there, they have highly competent people. They market product beautifully. They have great websites and social marketing strategies so you know to say if i if i look at numbers one and two gibson lane 75 dexter's 34.5 um i think is it possible to have that gap between the two in terms of uh disposal i don't think so i think there's something else going on there and i think it's multis first past the post sales agreements well it's interesting that, that in the in terms of the whole of inner london uh if you put the top five estate agents and they're all corporates yeah the the first agent will, will exchange contracts on around 27 28 of them the second agent yeah by, by number of listings will exchange contracts on 55 56 the yeah. third agent will exchange contracts on around 30 percent the next 42 okay. and the other one in early 50s. Right. Okay. Now, I won't make, it will not be appropriate for me to mention the names of the whole of the inner London, but there is quite clearly two estate agents out of the top five who, for some reason, do not exchange on as many houses per listings as the other, their nearest competitors. One right. of the but then I guess if they're their business model works their business model works yeah well not complaining but the simple fact is this is this is that if you're putting on 100 houses and and 65 of them don't sell is that fair to the owners but then if they're going multi-agency then they're still selling they're just selling with the other agent 
I think if I was certainly Gibson Lane, I'd be I'd be shouting from the rooftops. So you you basically have a more than double the chance of selling their house compared to their nearest competitor, their their competitor to the left. I suppose, but then I guess, and I and, and I don't know um, this space particularly well. But I guess if Gibson Lane are uh, sole agency agreements at one percent plus VAT versus a multi at two percent, uh, 34.68.5. Do you know what the cash at bank is not that different is it it isn't at all it isn't at all um okay let's get back to the screen itself uh, that we were looking at okay so again some interesting stats there we'll just have a quick whiz round and have a look at the others so as you can quite clearly see i mean look this is magic you know savile's here at 59 those are fantastic numbers uh for an agent mm. that deals with the upper end property markets yeah because um, you know you've got a uh, quite a high withdrawal rate or, or what can be quite a high withdrawal rate on the top end stuff Interesting. Let's just have a quick look at the price changes. And Dexter's are uh, they reduced forty eight percent of their stock. Gibson's thirty, Kirkcalds forty five, Featherstone thirty one. I mean, For context, where are Savills? Thirty point four. Right. Leaders at fifty two. I mean, what is absolutely fascinating? I've been looking at the top thirty UK estate agents in the whole of the UK. And looked at their average price structure. Top thirty, top thirty by uh, listing volume. By listings, and the average, okay. and and the average number of properties that they that they have been uh, reduced is around forty point one percent in the last twelve months. Okay, but there are two or three estate agents who are at sixty, and one is at seventy percent. They reduce of, right, listings. Okay. I mean, that is those are amazing numbers. Okay, again, it would not be appropriate for me to mention this name in this forum. Um, but they are, you know, fascinating. There is everyone's tightly packed. Eight, eight out of ten of them are around that forty percent mark. Then all mm. a couple that are up there. Um, yeah, very interesting stuff. And I hope you guys in Kingston find that interesting. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, oh, that's the same same graph, isn't it? Um, right. This oh. is... Okay. Okay, you're in your element now, are you? Uh, not necessarily. I quite like the look of Snellers, though. I'd probably go on the market with them. Yes. So basically what we're doing here, boys and girls, for those of you who have not watched the show, apologies for anyone who has watched the show and you've seen this explanation before. Uh, you can put your cup of tea up, get, get the kettle on. So what happens is this, is that 20 EA, so in Dexter's instance, will go and look at all of those 185 properties that they put on the market and they will have what's called an automated valuation model or an, AV, or an AVM or a Val, what could be described as an, a, a Valpal figure for their houses. Okay, They'll do the same for Gibson Lane, Kirkcods, Featherstone Lee and everyone else. What they will then do is that, so, so they'll say, right, out of those 185 properties, these are all the figures which we think the properties are worth. And then they then go and have a look at what they then came on the market for. So therefore, Dexter's, the average price between the average asking price and what the the valuation model thought it was worth was 4.3%. Gibson Lane, 1.49. That's interesting because remember, we were looking at the saleability rates. That's interesting, isn't it? That, that Gibson Lane exchange on 75, whilst Dexter's at 34. Could it be to do with the fact that is that their, their that their property values again according to twenty EA, which are not infallible, um, could be something to do with that. So we go down that side again. Goodfellows, I don't know where they they come from at minus ten percent. That could again, that's the beauty of data: lies, damn lies, and statistics. But again, these the you know there's a, there's a, an average in there, and then next is price achieved. Is what did you actually achieve off the original asking price? Okay. So, and then, but then different properties put on the market at different agents have different prices. So what they do is this, they mix all that up and they say, right then, if everyone put on a 950,000 pound house, what would the agent sell them for? And you can quite clearly see here that there is quite a difference in there, isn't there? That is a range, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, if you look, um, it seems to change, although actually in this area, uh, other areas of the country have better looking pictures than this. But if you look at the instruction volume, um, is there a question or, or an answer that customer service is good? Uh, lower volume, 
potentially better service, potentially better outcome. The only thing on this graph is there are a couple here which are really skewing the numbers. Yes. You know, 10, 11, 10% uh, down the bottom there. Yeah. So um, other areas of the country make easier reading with this with this data, yeah, I would say. We, I must stress, we, you're absolutely right. So because the numbers are quite small and we're doing two small postcodes, especially those in the lower end, you only need a few figures to be other, in a different direction mm. and box the figures up. Yeah. Mentally, you can quite clearly see there that according to 20 EA data, if Dexter's put a 950 house on the market, they'd set it for 929, whilst Gibson Lane at 977, Kirkod's 951, Featherston Lane 971. There's some range there. But again, what you could just, I think it's important here is this, is Dexter's were more, more lower end and again has has the AVM models caught up with regard to the fact that if they're going to the lower market, they could be dealing with flats and apartments and those figures could be more uh, because of what's happening with the cladding, that could screw these figures up. So again, just be aware of this. You know, when this is not this is not black and white. And I must stress to you, boys and girls, any agent watching this from Kingston on Thames, be very very careful. You you've got to have to have your own data and be very careful the way you present this because the because um, you could get yourself into hot water. We're just commenting on this. We're not using this for marketing purposes. As soon as you use this for marketing, you've got to be careful, and you're going to have to get your own twenty EA platform insights platform for this you cannot use this data yourselves um any more comments before we have a quick look at the rentals and then we'll be off uh this unusually there's only uh a couple of areas of this view that say you know agents should be able to sign very high fees um often it's a better picture in terms of of which agents could get away with the the higher fees i'm with you We'll have a quick look at the rentals and um, before we go and this shows you how quick an agent will sell a house and then how how quick they'll get it through to ex uh, to exchange and completion and it looks like gibson's are only are our best agent here they're only taking 26 days as you can see here from new instruction to sale agreed and then 125 days from sale agreed to completion and yet looking at coon residential who we could see was working on the the really high value stock and in smaller numbers, um, taking quite a while to actually agree those sales, isn't it? Yeah, these are interesting stats. Which again, you could, if you know, if you're at a vendor's house and you, I need to get a quick sale. You can say, well, not only can we sell quicker because, and here's the stats. You see, the magic thing is this: is that as estate agents, you have to prove that you're worth your money. And this platform and other platforms like this are available. They are available. Uh, give me a call if you want some names. I don't get paid commission on them. You use stats, use information, use facts to prove and back up the fact that you are the better agent, not just because you are good on the on the doorstep and on the sofa giving the fluffy what's names. Um, any more comments before we finish, or have you got anything else to say, Christian? Uh, the only thing is, I think we we need to look at a certain portion of that graph because we had put the price point quite wide and there's a couple of agents in that graph that only focus on a very narrow price point um i think what is interesting is i'm quite comfortable have you got some snaps to share us on the screen uh no but what i was going to say well I, I i can i mean the only thing i noticed about week 17 uh you've disabled participant sharing do you want me to send your screeny no i'm gonna put i'm gonna allow you to share okay Hold on, why is it not allowing me to share? There you go, you can share now. Okay, so the only thing I had noticed, we looked at where instructions were going um, for the year to date. And what I just noticed there, and I picked out, uh, hang on, have I started sharing? No. What I just noticed there, and I picked out of that data, um, is properties over a million coming to the market. That's the growth for the year today. And I think we can see from really Easter coming out of the Easter break, quite a substantial uplift on new properties to the market over that million number, which suggests that um, the DAFs are up, the grass is green, the photos look, look lovely, and that market's coming to life. And it'd be interesting to see what those transactions do as we move forwards. So the some country life when I pick it up in Sainsbury's is gonna be a little bit more thicker with all the, the blue fluffy clouds. It's gonna be worth an extra four pounds and it's gonna be an ounce heavier, Chris. Do you know, 
make, makes my day when I pick up, when I go for the country life. I do like to look at the nice houses. Well, one day you'll be on the cover of it, I'm sure. <laughs> they do actually have like uh, an eligible lady, and they call it Girls with Pearls, the ones that are about to get married. So uh, I, don't, I don't think even I or even Simon Ware would get on that, but never mind. Um, right, let us... What are your final thoughts on the stats this week for boys and girls in the state agency land? I don't have any. I think the market looks normal. It doesn't look like a catastrophe. There's still some headspace in interest rates. Um, there's still more panic to come on how much it costs to live. There is still a war going on, and there is still the de-dollarization process, the impact of which we don't know what it's going to be long-term on our markets. Um, there is a lot of instability out there, and I suppose things in that that data could change in a heartbeat. But I think right now, the as you described, the doomsayers, I think currently are proven to have overdoomed. Um, I think change. the market... It, it could change. And remember, boys and girls, is that there's always a housing market. You've just got to adapt to it, haven't you? Yeah. Um, I, I also think that... We're looking at very big numbers here, Chris. When you actually boil it down to the space you work in, um, which I guess for some agents is the distance they can drive in seven minutes. For others, it's the distance they can drive in an hour. When you look at those markets, there are things that you can do to dramatically impact your share or your fair share of that market, um, less so across national statistics. I think um, if we look at... Um, what probably is important to agent cash flow and profitability is, is the, the time it takes to do things, um, you know, getting those sales over line, presenting multiple methods and options to vendors so that they can choose for it not to take so long and for it to be more secure and not be impacted by fall throughs. Um, I think, you know, agents can control those factors quite easily. Um, I think the other thing in control is fees if, if numbers come down. Fees have to go up because the bills have got to get paid. The payroll doesn't really move unless you start restructuring, um, which is a bit heavy-handed. Well, these are interesting. That's Christian. <laughs> irony there. Thank you for your time today, Christian. You've been an absolute star. Uh, but more importantly, thank you for watching. I hope you've enjoyed this. If you've got any suggestions on where we should be looking at uh, property markets, give us a shout. Put some notes in the YouTube channel. Do put any notes, whether they're good or bad. It just it shows me that people are watching it. Uh, and it also tickles my ego. Not that I need it, but it's always nice to hear. Uh, good, but good, but most importantly, constructive feedback. Anything that we're missing out, please do put in so we can actually help you guys out there. Christian, thanks for your time today. And uh, that's the end of the show. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. Good to see you.